Good morning. Thank you very much. I'll give you a little uh, thumbs up for that. That was a very nice good morning. Thank you, everybody. I'm excited to be here today to continue the series that Neil and Kate have been speaking on. I always like a prop. makes me feel a bit secure, like having a mascot. So I've brought some encouragement to keep me motivated this morning. So, uh, thank you very much. I'm just going to hand these out to a couple of volunteers. Sue, could you be uh, supportive on the left here? Rachel, could you be my support on the right? Thank you very much. Very good. For the tape, I've just handed out some thumbs up and clappy hands emojis. So, moving from the banal thumbs up to Greek vocabulary. I wonder if you've heard of alone. It's a Greek word that appears a hundred times in the New Testament. Those of you who read the New Testament in Greek will know what I'm talking about. It means one another or each other. Ironic as all alone looks more like all alone, but it means the opposite. This series is looking at all the times one another is used in the Bible. When I first looked at the topic, I thought, this is really easy. Jesus is telling us to do something that's second nature to us all. Is there any need for this talk? If it was a talk about cooking, this might be the equivalent of a lesson on how to boil an egg. I didn't want anyone to feel offended by that analogy, so if you would like an egg boiling lesson, I have included one. For the tape, there's a picture of hard-boiled eggs, and apparently, if you cook them for five minutes, they look quite gooey, and if you cook them for ten, they're quite hard, fairly logical. The topic for today is not something difficult, like love your enemy, give sacrificially, fast, pray without ceasing. It's a topic that can be summed up with an emoji or two. Thank you very much. You really do not need to do that. It's going to be very distracting. But there must be a catch. Whenever I think of Jesus, I think of a rebel, someone who takes care of our world values, looks at them, and turns them on their head. It can't be as easy as just clicking a thumbs up. Jesus usually challenges us, spurs us on. He doesn't let us sit back and relax. So what is the challenge today? Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up, just as, in fact, you are doing, from 1 Thessalonians. Great, job done. There's an assumption from Paul, who wrote this, that we're all doing this already. And I expect the first part is true, or is it? It turns out that encouraging is more difficult and complicated than it looks. For starters, I saw on Twitter this week that you can tell if you're old if you use these emojis. The crying sad face, thumbs, red heart, monkey hiding his eyes. That's most of us, then. Apparently, the thumbs up is seen as passive-aggressive by Gen Z. Bear that in mind if you're congratulating a teenager on cleaning up their room with a thumbs up. It may be taken the wrong way. There's clearly more to this than we might have thought, and I'd like to unpack some practical ways that we can turn the world's values upside down in the way that Paul suggests, and increase our encouragement output. But first, where is our motivation to encourage? Let's go back to the Bible. 
In the Old Testament, Judges 20:22, I'm going to give you three versions, you'll see why in a minute, it says, but the Israelites encouraged one another and again took up their positions where they'd stationed themselves the first day. The men of Israel allowed them, showed themselves courageous and lined up for battle, New American Standard Version. The people took courage and again fought the battle, line ESV. We hardly need a definition of the word encourage. The Bible translators have done it for us. But if you want one, here it is. When you encourage someone, you give him or her the encourage, sorry, the courage or confidence to do something. By your behavior, you are actually putting courage into someone. I don't think an emoji is going to do that for anyone, is it? This begs the question, what does encouragement really look like? Is it A, saying, well done? B, standing alongside someone and helping them? C, watching someone do something and clapping? Or D, is it filling others with courage and standing alongside them? I think we might be heading for D. Thanks for the nods. I can also tell you what it does not look like. Trying to get likes on social media. Let's be honest, that's all about us, not about other people. Is it about getting people to like you just by agreeing with them, even if you say bad things behind their backs? Unlikely, as that's not encouraging, it's just unkind. Encouragement is something we all need to keep us motivated, loved, and feeling confident. It's something that's important for our mental health and our overall health. It was World Mental Health Day last Monday. This is not a new invention for the 2000s. Jesus invented our mental health. He knows exactly what we need to be doing, which is why the Bible is so full of examples of how to encourage one another. This is not new news. As Christians, we've known the importance of it for 2,000 years. Perhaps it's just the rest of the world that's now working it out. But my understanding is that we can do it differently and see different outcomes. Giving encouragement is just as powerful as receiving it. Think back to when you started a new job or tried out a new creative hobby and you didn't get any feedback or encouragement. Can I have a volunteer? Carol. Sorry, emojis, please. Thank you. Carol, I'd like you to draw a picture of a horse, please. Great, while Carol's doing that, we will continue. It's not very good, is it? it yeah. So I said a horse. Um, it's a, yeah, it doesn't even look like a cow. It, mm. um, can you just show everybody? Getting really bad feedback is not very encouraging, is it, Carol? It makes you want to quit. Don't cry. It can feel hard to stick at your goals, and then it can lead to discouragement. Steph, can you look after her? I'm really sorry. But in the church, we're not in the business of discouragement. What I could have said was, wow, Carol, that's so brave of you to come out here and do a drawing in front of all these people. I couldn't do that. 
Can I introduce you to some other artists in the church? I think you'd enjoy meeting them. We've got a drawing group that meets once a month. Would you like to come along? Thank you, Carol. That was really brave of you to do that. Big round of applause. Thank you very much. Just building her up again, you know, as we're in the habit of doing. So, surprise, surprise, God has given us countless verses, 21, I think, in the Bible to encourage us and teach us the importance of lifting people up. I want to do something now to lift up someone in our congregation. Heather had a special birthday yesterday. So, I thought, why don't we sing to her? Now, I'm definitely not going to sing on this mic. So, Sam, can you lead us? Thank you, Heather, for letting me do that. Imagine how your community could change for the better with a little more encouragement between neighbours. Instead of having community message boards filled with complaints and negativity and destructive comments, imagine how strong your work team could be if each person talked up their teammates' work instead of their own accomplishments to get ahead. What a world that could be. I sometimes go encouragement stalking on LinkedIn. I look for projects that people are promoting and I read about them and add a word of encouragement to the comments. It's only small, but it could give someone a real boost or perhaps lead to an interesting conversation. We were at a conference in Oxford last weekend and the host welcomed us to the venue with a speech, the dinner was delicious and I was left feeling very impressed. I didn't know the host and there were over 200 people at the event. I decided to send her a short thank you note just to encourage her that all the hard work had been noticed and appreciated. The reason you've got me speaking here today is because Neil and Kate are celebrating a big wedding anniversary. Perhaps we can think of ways to encourage them, a thoughtful reflection, something they've done, a thank you, a nod of agreement or understanding during a sermon. Do feel free to practice now. <laughs> thank you, Liz and Josh, for being on the laptop and sound this morning. Thank you, Oki, for leading a wonderful team and giving us coffee. Thank you, Manny and Alex, for doing the worship today. And what about in our communities? It could be stopping to thank the postman or taking a bunch of flowers to the receptionist at your child's school on a Monday morning. Remember, being encouraged is not always a welcome thing for people to take. Some people feel awkward when they're noticed or thanked. They might be defensive or brush off your comments in a way that makes you feel bad. But don't be discouraged. Perhaps just find a more subtle way to encourage them. I heard once that it's not what you say that people remember, it's how you make people feel that lasts. Thinking of ways to encourage others can be such a blessing to you as well as to the people you bless. Many years ago, I trained through this church under a wonderful woman called Heather to be a volunteer breastfeeding supporter. And I've been visiting new mothers for 15 years and giving them support and information. But mostly, I just listen to them. I don't tell them what to do. I'm just there for people, help build them up, give them confidence. It doesn't have to be complicated. You may not know that this past week has been praying for prisons week. Each day there's a Bible verse and a prayer. I heard about this one on Monday morning and it broke me. The realization that this prisoner who wrote this prayer deals with loneliness by looking out for others and finding people to encourage and comfort. 
Oh God, you know how depressed I get. You know how time passes so slowly for me. You know how at times I feel bitter and resentful. I am lost without you. Oh God, help me to welcome those who offer friendship, to look for those who need to be comforted, so that in giving I might have no time for loneliness. Thank you for promising never to leave me alone, that in quietness and rest I shall find your strength. Yet again, this is an example of Jesus' call for us to turn things on their heads. It can be so tempting to wallow in self-pity and look for affirmation in others through social media or attention. But our secret weapon is encouragement because that often has the effect of turning the blessing back on us as we get out. Every conversation matters. I'm hearing from a number of people that since the lockdowns, we've lost some of our conversation skills. Clearly not in this room, given the chat that goes on in the break. But the definition of conversation is living among familiarity, intimacy. Let me point out the obvious. Twitter is not a conversation. This talk is not a conversation. What you did when you arrived in this room and spoke to someone face to face, that was a conversation. And that matters a lot. Thank you, Stephen Howard, for welcoming me this morning at the welcome desk. For Helen, for encouraging me, for telling me that the morning prayer group had prayed for me this morning. That's conversation. And that's where encouragement happens. We can use our conversations as an opportunity to give and receive encouragement. And we know that it's biblically sound. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. Hebrews 10. Some people in this room or listening might be looking for places to get help from. So if you're not feeling encouraged by those around you, you can, of course, always look to the Lord. Psalm 121 reminds us, I lift up my eyes to the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. Changing gear a little bit, Here's a picture of our street party dog show. And of course, the Bible does say, thou shalt organize a dog show. Okay, no, it doesn't. Um, I don't think dog shows are mentioned in the Bible, but in Romans 15, verse 2, it says, each of us should please our neighbors for their good to build them up. And there are so many ways that we can do this. People who know me know that I do not have a dog. This is relevant to the story, I promise you. I was trying to think of a way to engage lots of people in our street, and lots of them do have dogs. So I thought a dog show might appeal. I'm not sure if I did a good job, but it was fun to come up with categories like who looks most like their dog, controversial. Uh, <laughs> maybe I won't do that one next time. Um, and uh, giving out the prizes, which Robert did beautifully, was a fun experience. I'm sure the dogs involved were very encouraged. <laughs> it's amazing what a bit of applause and some treats and a squeaky dog prize can do for a dog's self-esteem. We are stronger when we make an active choice to support each other. I did a few things leading up to today. I tried to encourage as many people as possible during the week. I asked people for stories of encouragement in their lives and I took myself out for a coffee. I must admit that I found all the encouraging very tiring. 
It might come naturally to do it a bit, but when you try and encourage everyone you meet, you soon get exhausted, and by Tuesday evening, I was on my knees. I clearly hadn't read Romans 15 or Romans 1 yet. May the God who gives endurance and encouragement give you the same attitude of mind towards each other that Jesus Christ had. And Romans 1, I long to see you so that I may impart to you some spiritual gift to make you strong. That is, you and I may be mutually encouraged by each other's faith. I had missed the mutual encouragement bit, and I was trying to do it all on my own. On Wednesday morning, I went to a Bible study group called Coffee, Cake, and Scripture. There wasn't any cake. Uh, <laughs> she's on baby room. Oh, no, she's not. She's here. Um, it was at... It was at Kim Plummer's house. Um, I knew I was desperate for support, encouragement, and prayer, and cake. So I went in person, although I could have gone online. Um, but sure enough, an hour of study, chat, toast, and tea was all the encouragement I needed. Then that evening, I was at the joiner's house group. I'd invited our Ukrainian guest to come too. I knew she wouldn't understand very much, but it was her birthday, and I thought the house group would be a good instant party. It was. We had cake. There were tears and laughter. And amazingly, Rachel and Jacques Dross were visiting the group that evening. Rachel happens to speak Russian, so she could chat to Irina and make her feel so welcome. We then discovered, with a bit of translation and sign language, that Irina's mother, who grew up in Crimea, was a secret Christian during the Soviet era, when it was illegal to have a faith or own a Bible. It was such an encouragement for us to hear Irina's stories and an encouragement for her to be prayed for, even if she couldn't understand much of what we were saying. Moments like that can be replicated wherever we are. People in your work need to be noticed, valued, mentored. It's not only the right thing to do, it might benefit your business, as they'll be more confident and want to take risks because they feel supported. Why do we need to talk to each other? Some of you are thinking, I'm quite shy, I just want to get on with my own life and let everyone else get on with theirs. Well, this is what Google says if you ask it, what is the purpose of conversation? Conversation gives you social support, whether you talk to your friends, colleagues and family members for information sharing, advice giving, or just to vent. Google is so wise. I could have asked Alexa, couldn't I? This process helps you put things in perspective. It helps your resilience and helps you cope better when things don't go to plan. My job is making programs for radio, and recently I went to the World Service commissioning briefing and I met the new BBC commissioner. I wrote an email afterwards and thanked him for the in-person briefing and said how great it was to meet the new team. His reply, not knowing about this talk, was, I hope you feel encouraged, and if you have questions, please let me know. So I'm glad to report that the encouragement economy in parts of the BBC is alive and well. My final verse is so encouraging for all of us. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. Should we all read the next bit? They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. I think we'd all like a bit of that, some divine strength. And all we need to do is hope in the Lord. Then we can run, encourage, not grow weary. Wouldn't that be wonderful? We're going to take communion now. And after that, 
please don't leave without encouraging or being encouraged by somebody, as I know you are already doing. Let me finish with a prayer. Lord Jesus, I thank you that you are the Lord of encouragement. I thank you that none of this is rocket science. You've given us all the skills to do it, but we can only do it in your strength. And I pray now, Lord, that anyone here who needs more encouragement will receive it today. Amen.